Welcome to the Luke Messias Show. Last week was a bad week for Dadefield and a good week for conservatives because we passed a number of bills through the legislative process, both through the Senate and the House, that Dadefield and his Republican cardinals and his Democrat soldiers, as they call themselves, killed last session. So bills they killed passed this last week because Greg Abbott actually was willing to force their hand on a number of those bills. School choice is dead. And in the process of the immigration bills passing, the Democrats got so mad that they actually admitted just how loyal they've been to Dade Phelan, and we got it on tape. Let's get to the show. Last week was a busy week on the Texas House floor. So for any of you who are following Texas politics, there was a lot to consume. We were able to finally pass a COVID-19 vaccine mandate ban regarding employees to employer relationships. And so basically this largely eliminated all private and public employee vaccine mandate bans. It did not, there's still kind of this gray area as to whether it did or did not cover all of the medical students and nursing students in hospitals. There was some debate on that. There were several different approaches taken. But the debate itself was not only a victory on the policy, um, which Texans for Vaccine Choice and a number of other groups worked very hard to pass and were willing to even call House leadership out when they killed it last session. But it actually was a little bit of a window and a reminder into just how this process works and why conservatives need to be willing to put pressure from the outside. I'm gonna go to two clips in just a moment. One is the debate that was had on the floor regarding Steve Toth's amendment. This amendment would have strengthened the bill substantially. The thing you have to understand is that there was a fine if you basically fire an employee for not getting the COVID shot, you can have a $10,000 fine, but it was, vague and unclear as to whether or not that was per employee or just for the employer as a whole. And that $10,000, while it might really tell a small business don't have the COVID-19 shot requirement, it might not actually stop a hospital. So Steve Toth and several conservatives, Nate Schatzlein, Brian Harrison, Tony Tinderholt teamed up and said they wanted to make the bill even stronger. Jeff Leach reacted and was kind of caught. Let's go to the clip. Um, I think it's very likely that if this amendment goes on, things will be delayed so substantially in the Senate uh, that, it, that it could kill the bill members. It's very likely to do so. Senator Middleton, um, I've communicated with him about this. He is opposing this amendment. Um, and I would ask that you stick with me and Senator Middleton to protect this bill, the COVID vaccine, the strongest COVID vaccine mandate bill in the country and vote no on the amendment. Mr. Harrison, for a purpose. Yeah, will the gentleman uh, yield for question? The gentleman yield for questions. The gentleman yields for questions. Sure. Yeah, you, made, you made a reference to the Senate author of the bill and, as well as your communications with him. Is it, are, is it, are you certain that you want it to be your position that the Senate author of this bill would oppose this amendment and have you discussed this amendment with him today? Well, uh, I, t I talked to Senator Middleton about the bill as is, uh, Representative Harrison. We've, um, we had communicated earlier and are going to, uh, and are committed to protecting the bill. I haven't talked to him specifically about this amendment, but they sent over an, a, a bill out of the Senate that would allow a $1 fine 
And so uh, in communications with the Senate, we agreed on $10,000. So, you know, we could, uh, 10,000 is a strong fine. It's gonna deter this activity in the future. And I would ask that, um, that we be strategic and smart about uh, a bill that can withstand judicial scrutiny and actually be effective and enforceable. I, I don't expect the answer. I appreciate that. I don't expect the answer to the next question to be yes, but are you aware that I have spoken to the Senate author of this bill about this exact amendment today and that he let me know he fully supports this amendment and that it would pass in the Senate? The chair recognizes Mr. Leach on the amendment. Okay. Um, so I've been doing this long enough to know uh, when there's efforts underfoot, and I see you. Uh, so uh, there seems to be an effort underfoot right now that I can see for uh, a vast majority of you vote yes on this amendment because you want to kill the bill. So what I'm going to do is uh, we're going to vote on it. I'm going to vote yes on the amendment. I'd ask that you join me. The question occurs on the adoption of the amendment. This is a record vote. The clerk ring the bell. So Mr. Leach voting aye. Mr. Toth voting aye. Mr. Martinez Fisher voting nay. Ms. Cook voting aye. So Mr. Schofield voting aye. Mr. Martinez Fisher voting nay. Have all members voted? There being 87 hours and 57 days, the amendment is adopted. Representative Leach's words were exactly, I've spoken with Senator Middleton. He is opposing this amendment. Now you have to understand why he would say that. See, Jeff Leach knows that he just finished trying to impeach Ken Paxton, which is also why he's been given this bill. So Dade Phelan has basically deputized a number of these impeachment managers, David Spiller and Jeff Leach, to carry policy so that they can get some credit after they just were basically the tip of the spear to trying to take down one of the most conservative attorney generals in the country and undo an election where conservatives chose who they wanted to be their attorney general. So he's there on the floor knowing, hey, uh, I can't just say I'm going to. In fact, I'm going to pull in everybody around me to try to make it really clear that Steve Toth and Tony Tinderholt and Nate Schatzlein and Brian Harrison are radical. So I'm gonna say Mays Middleton, he's opposing this amendment. Now, it's best not to speak for people you haven't spoken to. Brian Harrison goes to the back mic and asks a very simple question. Have you spoken to Senator Middleton about this amendment? And you're telling us he's against it? And Leach is like, well, I've spoken to him about the bill and he said he liked the bill, so it must mean he doesn't like this amendment. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. But that's the silliness, that's the unseriousness in which Jeff Leach is conducting himself while trying to kill policy that will strengthen the bill. Ultimately, he was called out. And he was then put in a corner. And he backed off. And conservatives got a win and strengthened a bill. This is why conservatives need to always fight. There's this mentality from a lot in Austin that you just kind of, you, you make sure that you're really friendly with whoever's authoring the bill, that they know you're buddy-buddy, and then you make it as good as they tell you they can make it, and then you just champion their bill and never try to make it better. And I'm so glad the conservatives did not do that last week and that they got this win. Jeff Leach was telling people, hey, I'm going to try to strip it out. In fact, he was telling Democrats that. Let's go to the next clip. So why are we here? Well, Mr. Harrison's been tweeting while we've been up here. 
He's been tweeting against the speaker while we've been up here. And I bet that he's prepared for his speech to go out on his next cycle or newsbacks, and he's got his appointment for later. I'm certain that's part of the reason that we're here. I'm also certain that while we're sitting here on this bill, the governor has sent me an email to ask about whether or not we want to join on this poll for this legislation. So this is the epitome of pure political propaganda of which welcome to the party corporate America. You have thought you were free from the drumbeat of politics, but welcome to the party. You're up because for the last decade, whether it's been gun issues, whether it's been women's health, our colleagues have told us, I just need this little thing. If you give me this little thing, I can go home and run in my primary and we'll be fine. They'll be satisfied. And then you, here you are 10 years later with devastating impacts on public policy because years ago somebody decided that this would play well in a primary mailer. Welcome to the party, corporate America. You just saw that my Republican colleagues upped the tax on you from $10,000 of violation to 50,000. And I understand they're gonna try to strip this out in conference, but don't think you won't be back here in 2025. So there's three different key takeaways I wanna talk about from this little clip. One is she starts by saying, why are we here? And then she actually gives Representative Brian Harrison credit for getting us to this point. There is this rule that the Austin Swamp tries to catechize Republican members into. And the rule is they say, privately criticize, publicly praise. And they will tell you this when you're a staffer or if you're a representative or if you're a conservative organization that's pushing policy. They'll say, listen, if you want to do well, I've been here for 20 years. I've successfully navigated a lot. Let me give you some advice. Privately criticize, publicly praise. Here's what this means. If you're in my office and you disagree, or if you're meeting with the chairman of the committee like Stephanie Clicker or Dustin Burroughs who worked together to kill the last COVID-19 vaccine mandate ban, you're allowed to tell them, if you're still following the rules, you are allowed to tell them privately, hey, I don't like that you killed that bill. And they might say, I really wanted it. You don't realize how hard I fought for it. And the reason you can have this private disagreement with them and criticize them, you're only given that, they're given that privilege in a sense if you don't publicly criticize them. The second Brian Harrison goes on Newsmax or on a radio program or on another cable TV show and says, hey, Republicans killed these bills and we need to be brought back to a special session. He has crossed the unspoken line. He has broken the unspoken rule, or maybe the spoken rule, but the non-written rule. There's not a written rule anywhere. It's not official, but you're supposed to privately criticize and publicly praise. So, and Johnson actually says, the fact that we have conservatives out there willing to publicly criticize this process 
has put a lot of pressure on us to get this done. If you're part of a conservative organization and that conservative organization is not sending you emails at the end of the session saying these are the bills that House leadership killed and you're not then going out and putting pressure, then there's no reason to ever, there's no reason to ever fix the problem. These conservative organizations, they don't go to the governor and say, the Texas House killed these bills, we have to rectify the situation. Come back to a special session. That's how you engage in the process in a way that breaks the Democrat stronghold in the Texas House of Representatives. Welcome to the new approach that the Republicans and conservatives are taking in Texas and Johnson. That's what we should be saying. Because we're done playing their games. She then goes on to say, you know, y'all come to us every two years and say, please just give us these little wins. We need these for our primaries. And by the way, she's literally admitting, we're going to hear Representative Wally talk in just a little bit. She's admitting to the way the process works. I tell you it works this way. Now you have Democrats on the House floor saying, yeah, that's exactly how it works. They come to us and they go, hey, this is just the little win, which is also why Representative Jeff Leach opposed Steve Toth's amendment. Not because Mays Middleton told him, please don't let this strengthening amendment on your bill but because he already talked to all these Democrats and said, hey, you know, we just got to get this little win. So Ann Johnson's saying, you keep on asking for the little win, but then these big bills keep coming up. And then they get made even stronger. And I know you're going to try to strip them out in conference. That's what she said. She even admitted they're going to try to strip this amendment out in conference. So what they want to do is they want the Senate to not agree to the bill and go to conference so that the House can go in and say, we'll only vote the bill out of conference if you make it weaker than it is. They literally want to weaken their own bill. We'll see if they're successful. So Ann Johnson says, Brian Harrison's basically putting a bunch of pressure on us. He's not following the rule of privately criticizing, publicly praising. He's actually calling out the problems in this chamber, and that's putting more pressure on the governor to deliver this and then other House members to deliver the wins. She then goes on to say, well, you just do these little things and then they become big things. And then she even says, hey, they're just, they're gonna try to strip it out in conference. But I'm not convinced that that's gonna work. So some real key takeaways. That is like a two, I gave, I gave you kind of the two minute highlight of this eight minute speech because honestly, you'd have a hard time making it through the eight minutes of Ann Johnson. But those are two minutes. And I think those are some really key takeaways. So after she gives her speech, Brian Harrison gets up. And if you're watching this clip, you'll see just how insecure Jeff Leach is. And if you're not, if you're listening, I want to just describe what you're going to listen to, which is that Brian Harrison got up to give a speech. And typically when you speak for a bill, you just get up at the mic, you give a couple minute speech and you're done. Okay. Jeff Leach is mad. And he was mad because Brian Harrison forced this bill to the forefront and then actually even worked to make it stronger and made him look like a fool on the house floor. So when Brian Harrison went up to make his speech, Jeff Leach did not do the common courtesy and let him make the speech. He actually like walked up to him and almost gave him this like weird hug the whole time. He was like squeezing him and pulling his shoulder and literally trying to like bully him while he's trying to just read his speech. A very strange, insecure behavior, um, which one would predict if you have kind of an insecure man. So let's go to this clip. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, members. Um, I rise in support of SB7 
And I want to thank the uh, bill author, Senator Mays Middleton, who has been an incredible partner in the fight against COVID tyranny for well over a year now. And I thank the Texas Senate for repeatedly passing bills to ban all COVID vaccine mandates in Texas. I want to thank also every grassroots advocate for medical freedom whose persistence and relentless pressure on their government has led us to this victory today. And I know that the majority of you in this chamber have wanted to ban all COVID vaccine mandates for a long time. So for each of you, to each of you, thank you very much. That's right, that's right. It is unfortunate that we were not allowed to ban COVID vaccine mandates against one of the groups most affected by them. All of our students, college students, nursing students, no, they didn't. All of our students, medical students, nursing students, and college students, our future doctors and nurses, I'm sure you agree, deserve medical freedom too. The majority of Texans want to protect them. The majority of this body wants to protect them. The, the Senate has repeatedly passed bills to protect them in SB 177 and SB 1024 to protect everybody, including students. That notwithstanding, the Senate has sent us a very good bill today. Texans value freedom and liberty deeply. And I truly believe you cannot have freedom without medical freedom. So since the number one role of government is to protect our God-given liberties and freedom, I strongly encourage all of you to join me today in support of SB7. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Thank you. What have you been told all your life that if somebody's a minority in the United States of America, they're a left-wing nutcase? Uh, CNN, MSNBS, they've all invested millions of dollars and tons of hours to convince you that if you're a minority in this country, you have to be a Democrat, you have to be a socialist, you have to be a communist. Well, the Salcedo Storm podcast destroys that narrative. There are a lot of folks out there who are quote unquote people of color who just look at themselves as Americans who want to preserve this last best hope of mankind on the planet, which is the United States of America and loves our constitution, loves the rule of law because we know and understand what it means. So when you tune in to the Salcedo Storm podcast, that's what you're getting. Every single podcast, one way or another, we're, we are dedicated to saving the United States of America as founded in the United States Constitution and destroying this narrative that, well, we Latinos are just all a bunch of left-wing nutcases. We are grateful that Brian Harrison did not follow the rules that Ann Johnson and Jeff Leach set for him. We're grateful that he was willing to put on the pressure necessary, and we're grateful for groups like Texans for Vaccine Choice and conservative activists all across the state, and you who, who reach back out to the governor and lieutenant governor and these other people and say, hey, all these bills died in the Texas House. We need some of them back. And we are getting a couple of those back. After the vaccine choice COVID-19 debate, we moved to immigration. And the Democrats were so angry because HB4 actually made it illegal for you to cross illegally into Texas. That's kind of an easy, simple way of explaining the bill. It's, um, it's saying that if somebody is in Mexico and they walk across into Texas, then you are um, an illegal immigrant. Interestingly enough, and very dangerously, and I will say this before we go to the clip of Armando Wally, the, the strangest thing that happened is that Dade Phelan actually from the chair ruled that anybody who was covered in the unconstitutional DACA program where Obama granted unconstitutional amnesty to people, he basically ruled from the chair that those people are legally here and that policy on the House floor cannot even be voted on to declare them illegal, even though 
they were unconstitutionally granted amnesty through DACA. And what I mean by that is this, this bill exempted DACA recipients. It said all these people except for DACA are illegal. And then Tony Tinderhol got up and just said, I'm gonna strike that word. I'm going to strike a section of a bill. And Dade Phelan said, it is literally against the rules for you to strike lines in this bill. That is how insane we've gotten on the Texas House floor and how tyrannical Dade Phelan has gotten and how hard he will work to protect his members from taking votes that would put them at odds with their own Republican voters. He has to protect them. He already walked them on the plank on the impeachment vote, so now he's just willing to basically completely ignore the rules to protect them the rest of the way. But Democrats got so enraged by this bill that the House floor shut down for hours. And in the course of this, there was a big fight that broke out between Armando Wally and a couple of Dade's cardinals who wanted to shorten the debate. There were like 47 amendments. They debated this thing until like three or four in the morning. And so they just wanted to pass a rule that said anything not already filed, we're done. We're just going to vote on the things that have been filed. And Democrats lost it. And Armando Wally lost it for minutes. I and mean, he was yelling and cursing and everything else. I'm going to show you a short clip of that and let you listen to this. And I want you to hear what he says. And this is what he is saying to Republican Cardinals of Dade Phelan. And when he says what he says about being a soldier, he pointed at the speaker's chair. Okay. So I, um, most of y'all listen to this. So that's why I kind of describe sometimes, because it's not just what you're hearing while he's saying this, being a soldier, he points at the speaker's chair. So know that going into this clip of him telling uh, Dade's Cardinals how he feels. I can't go to a border. I can't go to, I can't go to a baptism because my community is being attacked. Y'all don't understand the shit that y'all do hurts our community. It hurts us personally, bro. Could you just let us it hurts us. It. Just, just let us debate it. It hurts us to our core. And y'all don't understand that. Y'all don't live in our skin. Y'all don't, man. And that's what y'all. I sit there. I've been a good soldier to him. That's right. To my own detriment. That's right. To my own detriment. And to cut off debate when all of our members are trying to have a debate, a, a civil debate. Nobody's gotten, nobody's gotten crazy. We're just trying to have a debate. Let the chips fall where they may. We know where the, where, we know where the bill's going. He just kept going. Minutes and minutes of just yelling and cursing. And this is, by the way, somebody who Dade Phelan has given real positions of power to. Armando Wally is not a nobody. So if you're wondering, like, who are the type of Republicans that Dade Phelan goes, hey, I want to give that guy power. Armando Wally's one of them. He's actually a subcommittee chairman in appropriations. He's given the appropriations committee. He's given subcommittee chairmanship. Okay. So Greg Bonin, who's the chairman of appropriations and Dade Phelan are like, Hey, Armando Wally needs to be in charge of entire articles of the budget. He created a select healthcare reform committee. The speaker created the select committee 
and said, of all the committees that already exist, I'm going to create a special committee on health care reform. Well, who are some of the Democrats you wanted that? Armando Wally. House administration seen as one of the more powerful committees, 100% selected by the speaker. Senior, seniority can't even get you on that committee. Armando Wally. Licensing administrative procedure. He was appointed as the vice chair of licensing and administrative procedures, which is considered one of the best fundraising committees in the Texas House of Representatives. And that's an appointment by the speaker. And the Sustainable Property Tax Relief Select Committee. Armando Wally is a top Democrat lieutenant of Dade Phelan. And he is sitting there screaming at Cody Harris and Will Metcalf and Cole Hefner because he's like, all of you are soldiers for this guy. I am a soldier for this guy. So why are we passing this immigration legislation that we killed last session while we worked together? He's mad. This is why it was a bad week for Dade Phelan and a good week for us. And last but not least, you need to know this. Really two things. One, school choice is likely dead in the Texas House of Representatives. The bill that the House filed is absolutely unserious. And then second, Ken Paxton actually came to the House floor on that same day while they were debating these issues. And he was actually meeting with some members. And Jeff Leach and Dade Phelan got all ticked off. And they actually ordered the sergeant-at-arms. Dade Phelan ordered the sergeant-at-arms to go remove the attorney general, who's also a former House member, from the back hallway where he was meeting and working with House members. And they're talking about bills that are getting passed that he's going to have to enforce. He's the attorney general. So again, the insecurity of Jeff Leach and his like weird hugging of Brian Harrison and Dade Phelan's kicking off Ken Paxton. This is the leadership in the Texas House, and this is what conservatives are continuing to fight against. This is why there's a record number of conservative challengers running against House Republicans from the right. It's happening. If y'all know of ones in your area, feel free to email me at lukemacias.com. Say, I know of this candidate or this candidate. I might already know about them. I might not. But we are looking and following along because... This is a real battle we're in. This is a real fight we're fighting. I'm grateful that so many of y'all are staying tuned, and I'm grateful that we actually got a window into just how the process worked last week. I think those are blessings that we can take and learn from and know why we need to continue doing what we're doing. May God bless you, and may God bless the great state of Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Macias Show. To find out more information about what's going on here in Texas, visit texasscorecard.com.